On this week's Big Footy Podcast, we put Hawthorne on the grill. We talk all things uh, developing in the Asada investigation. We bring you the latest news, and Messenger tells us how to stop the boats. All this and more, coming right up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Footy Podcast for round 20. With me, as always, are my compatriots in Messenger. Yo. And the Old Dark Navies. SO is a figment of your imagination. And joining us as well is the Prosecutor. Say that again. <laughs> so uh, we're a little bit short, uh, short-staffed this week. Some people are off uh, you know, travelling the world, seeing safaris, cuddling pandas whatever Chief might be doing, and uh, others just couldn't make it. So uh, we're left here with what I refer to as the dregs of uh, the podcast. And um, so... Just not what he told us. Is there any danger you might be at least any halfway pleasant to us at some stage in this podcast? I, I, yeah. I, as I, I said before the podcast, I have talked to my ex-wife tonight, and it's left me with a bit of a mean streak. I can just picture you sitting in the cage of your self-rated three-star motel over there, renting rooms by the hour. Yep. Seriously, it's a terrible life. She's taken off. She's taken up Greco-Roman wrestling and sandbars, and you and you'd rather talk to him than us. That's that's interesting. (laughs) Doesn't say much good about you, seriously, So, uh, as I said, we're short-staffed and apparently overly critical of each other tonight. So. Um, let's move into the next phase of our uh, relationship and uh, perhaps talk about what memorable moments we had on the weekend and uh, perhaps uh, the prosecutor can start. None. And uh, Odeon? Look, I'm not a fan of the upsets because, you know, this is the time of year where you want results to favour your team or go against hated rivals. So, in a way... you know, Collingwood serving it up to Essendon uh, was good, but it was also bad, being it was Collingwood. Um, look, I'll opt for three goals from Zach Tui. Uh, I'm sick of hearing all about Pierce Hanley, you know, greatest Irishman the world's ever seen. Zach Tui's putting his hand up and deserves more recognition. Uh, played a great attacking game off uh, off halfback, and uh, it's a little bit of a sad indictment on the other players in our team that Zach is probably the most reliable player in front of goals for us. And uh, Messenger, what was uh, your memorable moment from the weekend? At the MCG on Saturday afternoon, they actually announced that there was a storm approaching and they showed the weather radar on the big screen. And it was basically the football version of Run For Your Lives. It was (laughs) fantastic. I will say this, I have never been so cold as I was on Saturday afternoon. And not just in my heart, but in my bones. <laughs> yeah. you, were, you were getting warmed up by what was happening on the field, weren't you? No. No, no, no touches of melodramatic uh, behaviour there? No, I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. Ooh, oh, oh, here we go. And uh, Prosecutor, still no highlights from the weekend? Um, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> It, it hasn't been a great uh, couple of weeks to be an Essendon supporter, and... A couple of months. Yeah, that, that says it all. Just 
Well, we're I, gonna... I give up. I give up on life. We, we're going to unfortunately... You win, Asada. You win. We're going to unfortunately it's... get to that uh, next. But uh, my highlight from the weekend, uh, I believe GWS actually won a game. Um, they beat Melbourne at uh, Skodum. Won so that... they won by default. So they, uh, they, but they did win, and that's that's kind of important for them. Uh, they, we won't have a winless season for the AFL's newest expansion team, and I think that's good. I think that's good for everybody involved. Um, also, they were involved apparently. Also, and and I know uh, Caro's had a bit of a, a dig at the AFL and Channel Seven over the fixturing of the of the broadcasts on the weekend, but I think it was a great thing that uh, the showdown was actually shown nationally across uh, the country. It was uh, good for both Adelaide and Port. Good for football. And uh, who gives a crap if that Collingwood and Essendon had to be shown on Foxtel? Everyone has to get their go eventually. Ask North Melbourne, the Bulldogs in Melbourne, how often they get shown on free-to-air. Stop your whining. Let's not. Oh, whoa. Oh, wow, wow. We've got our own little version of Cara's Arrow here. I'm just, I'm, all I'm saying is that I'm fed up with the whining from these big clubs who are... And, and, I, and I mean this is... Uh, Carlton don't tend to whine about this stuff too much because... We don't care. But uh, Collingwood and Essendon, like people and Richmond people, they're, they're whining about how many times they're not on free-to-air and stuff like that. And you, then you get Richmond, uh, you get Melbourne and the Bulldogs in North Melbourne who are sentenced to purgatory or, uh, you know, Sunday Twilight games on Foxtel and every week. And, you know, you got to spread the love every now and then. You bring the big lettuce leaf and the whack, don't you? That's, uh, I'm just uh, saying, it, this is all part of the equalisation yep. process that has to come into play here. No, I'm telling to win a game now and then. Anyway, that's, yeah, but... don't get me started on this. We just did, we've just been listening <laughs> to it. By the way, is there a safe word for you this week in case you like really crack it like oh, the other night? Not re- it's not Richie. Richie? Richie. Alright, Richie, get on with it. Uh, we are back here, and we're going to be talking about the news that has broken today, and uh, that will include uh, the Asada investigation update that we'll do with the prosecutor shortly. Um, but first off, things that have happened in the news today, and uh, uh, Thingy Messenger over there yes. <laughs> will be, we'll be more than happy to uh, have heard that uh, uh, Buddy uh, intends to stay at Hawthorne. Yeah, the word, although Hawthorne's been much tighter than it used to be with the information, the word, the little bits of information that have been coming out over the last few weeks have been far more confident about him staying. And and uh, I'd be surprised now if he left. Yep. Also, um, Gary Ablett announcing today that he more or less wants to stay at the Suns, or yesterday rather. How's is is he is he going to be better than his dad or is he better than his dad? Yes. Yep. But he's now. Yeah. yeah he is now. He's, is, he's, is, he's a force of nature. Is he the best? He, is he the best player in perhaps this this like this side of two thousand? Yes. Oh, it, it, prob- it probably is. I mean, people do forget that he was he was a, he was slow to begin with. Um, he was a small forward that. Uh, 
didn't really have a tough edge to his game. So but the, you, you tend to look at the at the really good years and think that's the way he's been his whole career. But you know, he was he was he was decent in the beginning, but he wasn't uh, he wasn't you know, Gary Ablett Jr. that we that we know now. So, but yeah, you probably you'd still have to say that. Uh, just purely for as a professional footballer and all round footballer, he's uh, he's he's probably ahead of everybody else. And if you had to pick a number, two, I mean, you probably the only guy who's come close to him or equaled him is Chris Judd at his absolute best, which is probably his West Coast and maybe his first couple of years at Carlton. About two thousand and six, probably. Mm. Yeah, probably two thousand four to six. His last year at West Coast, he was quite badly hampered by injury, but I mean, his very best was amazing, and uh, I think we probably forget how good he was. Yep, and uh, Darren Glass has signed another contract to go around again with the Eagles, um, so that, that's good for them. Eddie Betts' uh, contract is on hold at Carlton. I can't think why. Only demanding slightly well, too much money there, perhaps. I think you could pay any bets in canned goods, frankly. He hasn't picked a. He hasn't picked a. You know, being a contractor year, he hasn't picked a good year to to lose all sort of form and application. So, and uh, Patrick Carnesis apparently uh, wanting to come back to Victoria, a bit homesicker. They say so. Well, he's had a pretty poor year in Brisbane this year. You'd think. You'd think there's a home for him, wouldn't you? You think yeah. there's a home for it? The Swans have signed a 201 centimetre US uh, based rookie. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know they're going to pull something else out their rear ends again. Sanford Wheeler, Mark two. <laughs> of course, he won't fall under the um, salary cap, will he? Well, the, the international scholarships don't. So no, they don't. And Hawthorne had a couple. Sydney Strike again. Yeah, Hawthorne has got a, a couple of very good New Zealanders who don't fall under that as well. Carlton have had a few that have gone nowhere. We had yeah. Michael Quinn. He played a final. It's a pretty damn good success. Hawthorne have got two New Zealanders, one called Kurt Heatherley and the other one's called Shem Tatapu. And uh, Shem Tatapu could block the sun out. He's a massive unit. But Kurt Heatherley's the guy we've got great hopes for. And uh, the AFL website has a big thing today predicting their uh, their their uh, Brownlow uh, favourites apparently Absolutely. from each club. Uh, they they haven't named a potential winner, although the bookies say he's on track for it. Um, They've already some are paying out already on Applet. Well, I did not surely. Yeah, you'd, you'd oh, have to it's be. All, it's a gimmick. <laughs> he'd have to be almost unbackable at the moment, wouldn't he? I think they've got markets open on um, who will come second. They're paying out on somebody who's still got four weeks to get suspended. Yeah, they are. That's fantastic. I think it might have been Sportsbet. That's yeah, the kind, of, kind of shenanigans that Sportsbet would do. Bet responsibly, everybody, by the way. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so we encourage responsible betting here. Don't, don't bet all your, all your alimony payments on, you know. If you're going to bet... Just to spite your ex-wife. If you're no. going to bet, make sure you <laughs> bet with his advice. That's right. Ex-wives to people too. Hey, 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 hey. This is not pick on Wookiee night. Are you sure? <laughs> you're, not my, you're not my ex-wife. <laughs> not yet. Oh, no. Really. <laughs> don't, yeah, here's the advice. Don't gamble in marriage. It just doesn't work. So, uh, Goods is Sorry. apparently still not fit. Trying to get there. Murphy's promising to uh, 
break tags and all sorts of things. Apparently, he's going to turn into <laughs> Batman. He's funny. I love that Mark. He's so funny, Mark Raffy. <laughs> I'm going to break a tag. <laughs> Haven't done it for the past six years, but you know, next yeah, game's yeah. going to be my game. Thought I'd give it a go. So uh, that's pretty much uh, the cross section of the news, guys. Um, anything that springs to mind for you guys before we move on? No, just on the on the bets thing again. It just says uh, that uh, no skin off mix knows that bets hasn't signed his contract. So I don't know what that means. If, uh, yeah, three doesn't does really that... fit into two, does it? <clears throat> All right. He might, he might yield a third round pick. I, I, I am very surprised at the rapidity with which people jump on the Collingwood bandwagon after one five minutes of footballing sunshine. Apparently, they're all sorts of amazing now. I think they've missed the last eight weeks of watching those guys play. I mean, yeah, previous to this week, they were down. Oh, they were two points ahead of GWS at the MCG at three quarter time. This is a team that lost to Port Adelaide away. Who else did they lose to on the road? Fremantle. Gold Coast. Them. Gold Coast stuffed them, and now they're just amazing because they beat Essendon. I mean, come on. Yep, they're going to upset the top four in prelim. Get, get real. If you are going to gamble, it's Collingwood. Yes, yep. right. Right. They are back. Uh, the Herald um, Sun has finished its football uh, football uh, supporter survey, and a few results are in from that. Does the AFL make too many rule changes? Surprisingly enough, the yes vote got eighty six percent. Eighty six percent of supporters who responded said that the AFL does make too many changes. Uh, Ironically enough, that's the thing that's never going to change. People eight, thinking that eighty eight percent of responders. I uh, think that uh, the tribunal doesn't hand out consistent penalties. Uh, yeah. 56% uh, say that no, uh, they don't support the new slide rule. Uh, 74% support uh, uh, use of goal line video technology, but it needs to be better than it is. Uh, 55% of respondents said that the game was softer than it was 10 years ago. What crap. Seriously, what crap. And uh, 70% said that the AFL fixture isn't fair. So. Life's not fair, though. Let's be honest. It's just, you know, the usual Melbourne and North Melbourne supporters who read the paper. Any any thoughts there on how the AFL are going to stop the boats? (laughs) Well, they're going to have, what they'll do is they'll actually have boat turning crews. (laughs) <laughs> so they'll go there, there'll be a hotline and uh, a new Prime Minister Tony Abbott will sit there, the phone will be red, he'll have it painted red and it'll have the bat, it'll make the Batman theme song when it rings, like that he'll pick it up and he'll say there's a boat and I'll say okay, well, who's on it? Women and children oh okay, right and uh, are they from Scotland? No. Are they from England? No. New Zealand? No. Ireland? No. Oh, turn it around. Send it back. Well, that, well, shouldn't they go to the boat review panel first? <laughs> no, no, then, no, no. And then, oh, right. Judge, ju- no, no, no. You, no, you, that's you just, pro- um... Don't forget this due process rubbish. Just, you know. This uh, comedy oh, special could that. go could on just... for hours <laughs> if I let it. <laughs> no, they could just make a theme round out of it. And it seems to be the answer for everything else. Uh, you, 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 you think we're making a mockery of this podcast? <laughs> that's my my favorite uh, my favorite writer is writing in the uh, the advertiser yesterday that uh, the Essendon drug scandal has the potential to cost every club in the AFL. <coughs> How nice uh, of him! 
I hesitate to say his name in case you fly into a rage. I'm reading his stupid article. Richie. <laughs> Which does lead us into uh, our Essendon Asada investigation thingamajig update. pleased, although he's probably less pleased, to have a uh, prosecutor on uh, to uh, give, a, give a bit of a less biased approach, given that, you know, Messenger is a Hawthorne supporter, and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, ODN, ODN and I are, are strictly neutral on these things. I just want to stop you there. Um, <laughs> you've already started with one mistruth. <laughs> I am very much pleasure to be here. It always is. I, I adore all your company. <laughs> and I love talking about this. I'm, I'm being, I'm being serious. And I love talking about this incident, um, this investigation. Well, therapy's good. Well, that's good. <laughs> Positive positivity. There we go. So we, we positive reinforcement. Prosecutor, we've seen uh, Andrew Demetrio return today, and uh, he's more or less come out and said that everything that Tim Watson uh, was saying about the uh, uh, punishment being predetermined is rubbish. Um, uh, believes it casts aspersions on the integrity of the commission to say so, um, specifically citing uh, Richard Goiter as you know a man of responsibility at uh, Wes Farmers and uh, Chris Lynch as a man of responsibility at Rio Tinto, and also the fact that the commission has a retired family, a recently retired family court judge, um, and saying that you know it's 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 quite offensive for these comments to be made. Uh, how, how, how do you see uh, the Commission's response... Oh, well, uh, Demetrio's response today to uh, comments? Well, who are we to argue with the um, moral beacons that are West Farmers and Rio Tinto? Um, Andrew Demetrio really did have a nothing press conference today. The most interesting thing about it was perhaps the bookshop behind it. <laughs> looked like a nice shop, looked like there was a nice few titles, so if you're in the uh, Melbourne airport vicinity, get down there and get yourself a good book. Apart from that, though, um... Is there a rumour that he would read Fifty Shades of Grey on the way home? Uh, That's what I want to know. Probably. (coughs) Who knows knows what he did? Um, I'd rather not cast aspersions. I I actually found it... uh, The first response he gave back to the press was about uh, the fact that the AFL has respected complete confidentiality the whole way through the process. Um, yeah, I, and I've got this feeling that it wasn't uh, the Essendon Football Club that leaked some of this report to Mackenzie and Baker this morning, so... So is Asada just got like a free-for-all at HQ just handing out stuff to anyone that asks? So, so but Essendon leaked the other, the, the, the one that favoured Essendon uh, the day, the couple of days beforehand. Oh, who, they, wait, who was that leaked to? Oh, oh, I'm not, yeah, who, who, yeah uh, see, we're losing sold. track. Oh, so much for a confidential document, isn't it? It, it? it just seems to me that people are people are reading it, reading that, and saying, "Okay, I'm just leaving the room for a few minutes. Nobody opened this confidential document." <laughs> and I'm um, waiting. For, I'm waiting for a Channel Seven journalist to find it in a gutter. That would never happen. Followed Guys. by an hour-long panel discussion on the said news report. 
was such the biggest waste of time, that panel discussion. The panel discussion in which everybody was too shit scared to actually have an opinion, except poor old Vitamins McVeigh, who thinks that everything's fine, and I tell you, he's just... How embarrassing. How embarrassing for him. He is digging himself in, isn't he? At least Luke Darcy. At least um, Luke was able to learn after 16 hours of extreme interrogation of Dean Robinson... He was able to learn that this is just another chapter. We're through to Looking Glass, people. <laughs> um, John Ralph writing in the Herald Sun yesterday. Australia's standing is drug-free, uh, slowly being eroded away after scandals in the AFL, the NRL, and cycling. Um, yeah, we're we're very worried about the Swedish opinion of us. <laughs> Right here in Kazakhstan, they're all shaking well, their heads. So messenger, as you moved, you moved, you moved, you moved. Messenger, when I was... Well, East Germany's on their, um, are going to be our latest refugees. Right. When, I, when I was younger, we, 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 we did have this aura of we don't do that kind of thing about it. So, especially when we went to the Olympics or everyone else was getting done for bribery or, you know, we, we had all this, you know, we had this armour of invincibility. Or we don't do that. We're, we're Australian. Well, uh, and we did have that. We had that for a long time. We, we yeah, did, all just good at not getting caught. It's a, it was a fiction. It was a fiction, wasn't it? Well, it should have it should have been exposed as a fiction after Martin Vinnikin got busted. But uh, that's right. You know, for those of you who are younger, Martin Vinnikin was a cyclist. Thanks, Wookie. Uh, at uh, <laughs> you know, at Barcelona in '92. So. Yeah, anyway, I was still um three, two. I'll, no, 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 no. I was a... Uh, twinkle in your mum's eye? No, not even that. I was a twinkle, twinkle in... the pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, um... I was up in my father's... Now, yeah, this is where the is, is, discussion is, going, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's not... It, 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 as, as insofar as uh, our reputation is concerned, I would have thought that that would have been gone, uh, you know, with Shane Warne and his stuff, uh, Mark Warne and his stuff. Um, you know. Now we're just very good with excuses. Let's not overestimate how how little people give a shit about this sort of thing. Like about whether Australia is clean or not clean or what our inf- international reputation is. We spend all that time hand wringing about what other people think of us. Other people don't think about us. Like we should just get on and worry about what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do love the um the sort of uh you know uh, outrage that people are demonstrating here. No one gives a shit about this drugs in sports thing. Like I, I reckon about uh, as a using my mathematical prowess, about two percent of people who post on this actually genuinely care about the integrity of the sport or whatever. The rest is just point scoring, and and that's what it is too with every other sport. You know, we ignore it. Yeah, the rant's coming. Um, we ignore it when uh, you know, it's bloody was it Stuart O'Grady recently and all that sort of stuff. Yep. You know, but God forbid it's Lance Armstrong and who, who was it, Froome, who won the um, tour this year? You know, God forbid it's someone else, not from our country, or we'll slag them to the Hilton or stuff and drag them down. But if it's one of us, who cares? Yeah, it's that sort of mentality. And <clears throat> no doubt if I was, if it was another team in the gun, I'd probably be the same. Like, you know, it'd be point scoring. I don't, because like, I don't think of the integrity. I just think of it as bloody banter between one set of supporters and 17 others. <laughs> 
I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't agree with the two percent. You know, and the rest point scoring. I mean, no, a three percent then. Well, yeah, no. Look, I think I think there's, there's there's a big element of that, but there's there's also people that you know they'd hate to think. You're probably right in what you've said before, and that if Essendon weren't doing well this season, people wouldn't care as much. Because if you're going to cheat and lose, then it doesn't affect the rest of us. But people are concerned whether it whether it, if they got some sort of extra fitness boost or not. People are concerned that they're getting beaten by somebody who may have an advantage or done something wrong with that they should be punished for, whether they have an advantage or not. So it's a, it's like a it's part rivalry and it's part uh, you know, sort of warped sense of justice or whatever, but there is a sense of justice here, and I, and I, I would say half the people on there do have a sense of justice. The rest, uh, I don't know, they're just good at spewing vitriol. I, I think that's a fair call. Mm. Uh, I'd, I'd argue that they'd fall onto the ninety-seven percent in that. Uh, while yeah, fair enough that they might you know, be pissed off that they lost to a team that, you know, might have had an advantage. I'd still say it's point scoring to say that, no, you couldn't beat us on merit. You know, it had to be, you know, it's like how Carlton, after Essendon beat them in, I think it was round four, 2012, how they did that sort of secret recording stuff because, you know, God forbid that Essendon could beat up Carlton, you know, it couldn't be possible. Like, it's just... Yeah, but the... the, the it's kind of, it's the... kind of um, confirmation bias, I think. Say you know, oh, if you know if everything was level and all that sort of stuff, we would have beaten them and all that sort of stuff. It's just, it's yeah. a, it's, a, it's a slight pro, uh, persecution complex that you're starting to develop, Ross. You've done well up to now, mate. But uh, yeah, I, I reckon fifty fifty is closer to the mark. We're a happy team at We're back and we're talking to Messenger um, about Hawthorne and uh, they're sitting very pretty at the moment uh, with 15 wins and 3 losses at the top of the ladder. They're a game clear of the Swans, even if they have slightly lower percentage. Messenger, how have you seen the season? Yeah, I think we go back to the end of 2012 and, and Hawthorne probably had three things they had to address. And the first of all is they needed a, a bigger defender who could play on the last line. They needed to get better defensively in the midfield, uh, as was evidenced by a couple of teams cutting them up very badly in the finals, particularly the Adelaide Crows in the prelim. And they needed more out of their bottom six on a day-to-day basis. And I think coming into 2013, I think we've achieved all of those things to a degree. Recruited Brian Lake, which is which is I think, paid off for the most part. The, we've, we've got better depth. We've recruited Jonathan Simpkin and some of the lesser lights on the list have improved, most notably Shane Savage and also Isaac Smith's having a very good year. And, and with the uh, bringing Brett Ratton into, into the coaching panel, he's uh, taken charge of the midfield and the stoppages and we're certainly a better team midfield in, in, the, in the midfield defensively. The season itself, well, I think we've probably played 
most games in, in sort of third or fourth gear. I don't think we've had any too many really big fourth quarter performances. Probably the most recent one would be the Essendon victory and also um, beating Collingwood and Sydney early in the season were probably the most the standout victories. But for the most part, I think you'd say that most Hawthorne wins have been just doing enough to get over the line. We've had a couple of close ones, but uh, for the most part, most Hawthorne fans will probably look at a win and say, you know what, we've done okay, but we can do better. Oh, any other questions, guys? Yeah, Maybe, um, you want to go first? I'll go first, yeah. Um, you've had a few uh, knee injuries this year, Showmakers, White Cross, Suckling and, uh, and Woodward. Um, uh, how's that affected your, your structure? I mean, uh, a couple of, couple of them affect your, your defence a little bit and it's quite fortunate that you've, uh, that you've got Brian Lake there because uh, I could imagine how Hawthorne aren't necessarily the, the best team in the league defensively. They do, do tend to get involved in high-scoring games. So, um, how has how have those four injuries affected your structure and your defence? Suckling has probably not been as big a, a losses as we would have thought, and in, in some respects, his role has been taken up by Taylor Duray, who's who's made made his debut this season and has done really exceptionally well. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Showmakers has almost been swapped out one for one for Lake, but I think there's still space for him in the team when he comes back next season. And he's probably more likely to be competing with Ben Stratton uh, for a sort of a, as a third defender role. Or also he may go, go forward. He started, he played his junior career in South Australia as a forward. Woodward was a, is a, was a part of the succession planning for the midfield. It's actually his second ACL in two seasons. Uh, it was his first game back when he did did the second one, and uh, the club have had very high hopes, and they and they continue to have them for him. Um, and obviously, he's he had a history with with Max Bailey of multiple uh, recoing um, multiple knees and, and getting these guys back into shape. So, probably for the most part, it hasn't changed too much about the way the teams play, and they've been able to fill the gaps. Hmm. And I'm just having a look at our defensive because I keep hearing how terrible we are defensively, and we well, are. You're you're about the you know you but you're behind that you're behind about four or five teams, so you, you're yeah, team on top of the ladder. You, it's not it's not being done on defence. It's being done on attack. Oh, it should, look, it has. But I think last year we were second or third for uh, lowest in points allowed. Um, mm. So mostly we've had a a defence that's been in the top third. Hmm, okay. Um, Lance Franklin today said that he wishes to stay a hawk for. I'm not sure. Did he say a hawk for life, or was it just beyond the next year? I, I don't oh well, you'd say his take... next contract would be for life. You would so, think um, if he gets four or five years, that would be that would almost see him out, wouldn't it? Yeah, pretty much. So, um, what do you make of it? Do you think he'll stay next year, or do you think he's wanted? Oh, oh, he's wanted. There's no question of that. He's wanted. I don't think he's wanted at absolutely any price. He still has to fit within the structure. And don't get me wrong, he'll be one of the top half a dozen highest paid guys in the league. But um, ultimately, what Hawthorne are pitching to him is not just about money. It's being part of a successful club. It's being part of a successful culture. And it's about the ability to win football games rather than 
uh, a massive paycheck and for a team that's got one win. So it's more about the environment than it is about the money. But um, having said that, it would be a terrible plight, I think, you'd agree to only be offered, say, one or one point million dollars, one point one million dollars a year. It's really quite a shame. Um, the last time I remember Buddy and Roughhead both being up and about kicking bags of goals, and both are up, you know, towards the top of the Coleman um, at the moment. The last time I remember them both being on on song at the same time was two thousand and eight. A bit mm. of a bit of an omen for you. Um, I. I... I would, I, I'd have to think back. I think they, they kicked about 175 goals between them in 2008. But I would think, and I would stand to be correct on this, I would think that the spread of goal kickers was much thinner back back in those years. We really had a, a fairly diverse group of guys kick a lot of goals this year. Jack Gunston's done his fair share. Luke Bruce is probably. Luke Brewster's probably dropped off a little bit in, say, the last month. And we're probably getting more goals from the midfield than we have done in many a year. So, and Franklin's playing more as a high half forward. I don't know if it's ominous. I think the thing Hawthorne's done better this year than they have, say, particularly in the last two or three years, is that they've got multiple options going forward now. They're not as buddy conscious as they were uh, in, in years gone by. And, uh, and they've really moved Roughhead away from this uh, semi-ruck role and, and stuck him in the square, and that's really paid dividends. Yeah, for sure. Um, Xavier Ellis. Uh, I, yeah. don't, I, I, I don't know, has he, been, has he been injured or is he just not being played? He's played two games for the year, and is he, is he got one foot out the door? Oh, I think so. Yeah, he's... Um, He's, uh, oh, hello, I just saw that message. Um, I would think he's outside the best 22 by, by, by a sub-margin now. Um, from the team that we've got running around now, we've got Liam Shields on the outside of that. We've got Grant Birchall on the outside of that. Shane Savage was probably, earlier this season, playing for his career, and I think he's cemented himself in the 22. Um, so... I would think Ellis is going to be watching the finals from the grandstands this year. He has played, he has been injured. I think he's played the last couple of the VFL though, but um, I don't see him forcing his, I don't see a compelling argument for him to play um, play finals. And I think mm. he, he could well be on the way out the door. Where's Brad Sewell um, at? Um, he's, uh, he, got, he got dropped and um, lost a little bit of form and I know he was only dropped for a couple of weeks. Um, but um, is he sort of is Father Time sort of catching up with him a bit, or is Body catching up with him a bit, or uh, is he still just as, yeah, just as vital as he's always been to your side? I think he is still vital. He's obviously it was a very un Clarkson like move to drop him. If Alistair Clarkson has a fault, it's that he is uh, very very um, loyal. To the to, to the old hands that he's gone, that have come through with him. I'm just looking up now. I'm just seeing what his contract status is. He's actually got a contract through 2015. So oh, wow. I, I think you'll find that he'll be uh, part of the furniture. I don't think he's dropped off as much as some say. Uh, he certainly had a rough month, but um, 
he was down for he was down for a week. He didn't even play. I think they really just sort of gave him a little nudge and said you need to lift your game. And I thought his uh, the games since then have been pretty good. Really felt for him having to front up to AFL three sixty and uh, you know, after he'd been dropped and sort of <laughs> you know go through the motions there. He, was, he, he said he was pretty shattered at the time. So sure, you know. but he's. A, I mean, I, I mean the reason he's on the show like that is, is he's such a well spoken guy and. And, well, and he, he understands the AFL environment as well as anybody. I mean, I don't know if you'd rather be Brad Sewell sitting there or would you rather be Bob Murphy sitting there talking about the umpteenth loss you've had each week. I mean, I mean Brad Sewell's had a, had a pretty good life as an AFL footballer, so um, but he, he'll, he'll be all right. How confident are you of Hawthorne winning the flag this year, Matt? And, and, uh, and who do you think your opponent would be if you get there? I would still say that the best team going around right now is Geelong um, and I, I, I don't and I think the gap between Geelong, Hawthorne and Sydney is pretty slim and really on any on any given day each team could beat the other um, and it would not really be a surprise look um, Hawthorne's window is pretty short they really with the list they've got now they've probably got this year and they've probably got next year um, but then if they don't win one, they're going to have to have a serious think about what they do with the list. So uh, am I confident? Uh, I'm confident we'll be there uh, with a shout on grand final day. I think we'll, we'll be there on grand final day. But um, if 2012 taught me anything is that, uh, you know, it's in the lap of the gods when you get there, really, isn't it? I mean, you don't have any guarantees and uh, plenty of uh, teams have finished first and, and not taken away, taken the cup on the day. Um, so tell me about um, your rivalry with Geelong a bit more. Uh, it's obviously another two losses this year takes the, uh, the total to ten. Uh, it's eleven, actually. Is it eleven? Yeah, it's eleven. Ooh, that's even worse. Um, I guess what I want to know is, tell me what it's like uh, as a Hawthorne supporter in a week leading up to a Geelong game. Does it has it sucked like the life out of any? Uh, Geelong encounter to you? Do you look forward to it? Um, I guess, yeah, just try to put to words what it is like this as a Hawthorne supporter to have this Geelong Kennet curse. I, I can I can only speak personally about the Geelong thing. I think there are some Hawthorne fans who embrace it and say, oh, it's a great rivalry and it's our time and this time we'll do it and it'll be all right and we'll win and we can't lose forever. Personally, I feel sick. I feel sick in the lead-up to a Geelong game and I hate watching when it's taken... All the joy. I'll happily watch Geelong play anybody else except Hawthorne because there seems to be this relentless pattern where we're in it, we're in it, we're in it, and then it just gets taken away from us at the last minute. They are Geelong, and we joke about Geelong and we, you know, we, we point out and we talk about 2008, but they're quite literally the best team I've ever seen. And, and I think we'll be, in 10 years, we'll be turning around and saying, wow, how good were they? But from a Hawthorne point of view, yeah, there's, a, there's always a sense of inevitability about it. It'll, it'll change one day, it'll break, but um, I don't, I, I look forward to a, watching a Geelong Hawthorne game like I do to undergoing medieval dentistry. Like it's, it's that sort of, that sort of revolting, uh, revolting sick feeling in your stomach. 
it could be worse. I mean, we could have a 10-game losing streak to St Kilda or something like that, and it could be something completely despicable. But at least we've got a 10-game losing streak for a quality side. Yeah, Carlton got that with Hawthorne at the moment, don't they? Yeah, Hawthorne have actually got two going, because we've got Carlton and Melbourne. But we beat Box Hill. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and I'd just like to say, that's close enough for me. Oh, baby steps. That's not a bad not a bad win in the VFL these days. Box Hill are all right. You have to start somewhere. You do. You do, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, yeah. you know, we'll start by beating Box Hill, thank you. And it was a yeah. shocking ground and a shocking weather for that match, but we won. Was, that, was that at Box Hill City Oval? Uh, was it like a rubbish tip or something? I'm not entirely sure. It was your home game then, was it? You could barely see the bloody <laughs> ground. It was appalling. Anyway, was it Kramer Street, was it? I, oh, no, it wasn't Kramer Street. I don't know what Kramer Street looks like. It was like some ground out in the boondocks somewhere like with like ferals and stuff around it. It's Box Hill. It's not the boondocks. It may as well be the bloody boondocks. You live in Adelaide. What the bloody hell would you know about the boondocks? <laughs> I told you, it's not about me tonight. Stop making it about me. Now. We're still talking about Hawthorne? Yes, we are. Message, what kind of name is the bloody Mayblooms? Well, it's the, the pretty flowers around the streets of Hawthorne. Right, right, like, right. Any sensible questions from you? No, I've got nothing. Yeah. That's what that's what yeah. I have ODN and Prosecutor for. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks for coming, Chief. <laughs> 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 any other questions, guys, before uh, we let Messenger... Uh, no, Messenger's done very well. He's held up under the pressure. He has, he's on not, his he's own, not too. in a fetal position. SJ wasn't on tonight, so he was good, good. Um, oh, I've just so, made SJ, too. Oh, <laughs> Messenger, I mean, you're cautious most weeks. You think every game's a danger game. You probably think St Kilda's a danger game for Hawthorne this week. But Actually, you, no. You, you, did, you, you did say last <laughs> week that Richmond was a danger game, and... Yeah, what if they've suddenly got something over you and it's smashing it's, you all over the park? Well, I'll tell you what it is about Richmond. Richmond, what Richmond did on Saturday, they did it to us last season too. They carry the ball and they put pressure on the ball carriers, ball handlers across half forward. They absolutely smashed us in the middle and they used the ball so well. I was really impressed with Richmond. They were very good. And uh, they do, they play a very similar game style to Geelong in that regard. And uh, I think um, I like the Tigers. I'm I'm, I'm probably the biggest Tiger booster on this this podcast. You all poo-pooed me, but... I I think the word you're looking for is only Tiger booster on this podcast. That's because it's in our DNA not to... Not to well, give them any credit whatsoever. Well, I tell you what, you should because those guys can play, and there's a couple of pretty decent ball handlers in that team. I think they're right, but um, no, they got cut up, and as soon as the rain fell, well, then you could not nurse. I mean, it was just dreadful after that. But see, you, this is what I don't like: you fly by night football clubs that come in late, and like. You know, Richmond with their 1908s and Hawthorne with their 1925s and you're all sticking together and lovey-dovey and like it's like some sort of glorified hot tub out there at the MCG. While those of us that were around a lot earlier, we've got genuine rivalries that didn't start with the last shower that came down yesterday, you know. And, and you know, we, we're at Docklands. And, oh, oh, sorry, all I heard was blah, 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 we were irrelevant. What was that? You... you, you, you <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I think we need to, when we're talking about Hawthorne, I think there's something else that's very important to point out to you. The most successful football club of the last 50 years. Oh, the last 50 years. Why not the, the last 20 last years? Why not well, the... <laughs> we, can, we can pick whatever. In fact, we might even be the most successful the last 65, too. Why not the last 12 years? Oh, uh, hang on. We're gonna Let's go pick back specific talk. years. Why not the last 150 years? Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll go with that measure. Why not the last 1,000 years? You know... What happened when Adam and Eve were kicking the ball around? No. Hang on, hang on. Ruchi. Ruchi. Hey, hey, hey. You don't just get to pick it. Safe word just to you're get you're back as on bad track. as those whackers that come over here from WA and they say, oh, it wasn't the AFL before the AFL started in 1990. We're only counting premierships from then. No, you don't get to pick and choose when you count your flags from, Sunshine. The, the league started in 1897. I am simply and giving you a statement of fact. You can... Oh, it doesn't matter what context I put it in. It's a statement of fact. Most successful football club of the last 50 years. Full stop. As a supporter of the most successful club from 1968 to 1970, too, I, I just totally just disagree. <laughs> That's... See, you, but, you, but you picked your context. Statistics are fun. Nineteen sixty-eight and nineteen seventy-two. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're totally, where, where, where's this podcast? Where's our direction? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we lost. He's all... sitting in a cage in a self-rated three-star motel in Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it has been a pleasure to have you all on. Thank you very much all for coming in, Messenger. Have a good evening. And, and you too, and, and good night, Dora Promotion. ODN, you have a good evening. Oh, it's been fabulous. And uh, Prosecutor, thank you for coming in and enduring our slings and arrows once more. As I said before, it's always a pleasure. It's more like a Nerf gun tonight, really, though. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of Nerf gun. Kind just, of a soft just... sort of thing, and it's just a bit of a... It's been an interesting podcast, hasn't it? It's been a weird podcast, that's what it's been. It's, you could it's... just have a guess how our teams went on the weekend. I think that sums it up. Yeah, there yeah. is there is that. There's none of that banter that normally goes around because anyone mm. that says, "Aha, your team sucks," can go, "Aha, your team sucked too." Yeah, and it's almost as if nobody else up. showed up. It's almost as if um, off-field stuff has kind of uh, sucked the energy out of football at the moment, in a sense. Well, that's understandable for some of us. Oh well, the, yeah, yeah there's that. But, uh, it's oh, what's well, called a lapse in form, and we'll be back bigger and better next week, hopefully. Look, bigger? Positivity. We end on a positive <laughs> note. There we go. You can't, get, you can't get bigger in a week, can you? Yeah, no, we haven't you seen Farmerson. New coach on Sunday. I'll, 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 I'll say this to Essendon folks. Look, we at Carlton, we've been through shit like this before. Uh, not not quite like what you guys are doing now, but uh, we I mean, we got done big time by the AFL and we deserved it and we, we took our lumps for that and that's fine. But you come back from that and... Your supporters stick around. You you you'll move on. You'll fight another day. You'll play another year. You might not get points for it, but you'll play. <laughs> it might take. No, ten no. Years. I, t- I take my inspiration from Caroline Wilson, because obviously she has had. She has endured is that, is, the is same that, pressure we have. Is that the one where she's wearing that little? No, am I, am no. I on the wrong track here? Oh please don't! <laughs> if you had to. 
sing a song to Caroline Wilson, what would you sing? Would you sing Wind Beneath Your Wings or... Lady in Rain. What would I sing to Caroline Wilson? Paul Ropes and Lives. Beard to beard. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'd be torn by Natalie and Brigola as the first one I think of for some reason. <laughs> Oh my god. That's... <laughs> I want to like her. I like her when she's riding about 17 other teams. But Caro, please, you can't do this to me. Biggest story in 40 years, Pross. You can't leave it go. Can't let it go. Oh, uh, what? You want me to sing a tune? No, not really. Even though I so good. <laughs> Alright. Alright, guys. Thank you very much. We'll see you all on the forums. Good night. Oh, thank God. Nothing's right, I'm torn. I'm all out of space. This is how.